Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. The challenge and the power of parental love. We'll say many things this morning that delve on privacy, but if we took the time to share them, it's not to show off but that you may learn important lessons in your lives, particularly those of you who are growing with children who have a family that you are raising. We've come this far not to replicate and put in this world defective people. Because the word that God gave to us in Genesis chapter 1, he said, produce after their own kind. And nothing had haunted me more in this last two weeks, on that understanding that whoever you are, you run the risk of just reproducing after your own kind. If your life is rotten, you run the risk of produce, producing rotten seed. Are you with me? Let's go to verse 28. And I want this um, Genesis, let's take it from verse 24. Yes, this is valid, but let's go to verse 24. Can you help, please, as we go this morning? Genesis 1.24. Mm -hmm. And God said, yeah. Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. Something strikes you in those scriptures. Everything is after what? His kind. After his kind. Go on. Until and you get to saw, verse 28. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Just stop there for a minute. God bless them. God said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. If God gave the command to animals, to the fish, to the seed, to reproduce after its own kind, would he expect that those that Adam will be replenishing the earth with, they be, should they be different from his kind? Good. They should not. They are not expected to be different from the kind they came from. Many of you who are here, when Pastor Tokes was teaching on the book of Genesis, one of the things that he kept emphasizing at every one of those occasions was a statement, what are you what? What are you what? Populating the earth with. And this is an issue that I'd like for every one of you, if you never took it seriously, put a mirror in front of your own faces, and I'm not speaking about your eyes, your nose, your mouth, I'm speaking about the life that you are living, the life that you have lived, 
Because something is happening that the word of God is a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. Often we have translated this word as saying just producing after your own kind according to a physical nature. But I tell you, God's word not only is speaking concerning the externals that we see, a man brings a man, but the nature of the person that you are bringing forth, God will hold you accountable. During the fasting meeting, Pastor Dele raised, uh, when at the time of prayers, he, he gave an analogy that shocked me, and I used it on my way from Abuja late on Monday night, speaking to a couple of people who were with me at the airport. The young man or the young child, I don't know whether it was a boy or a girl that was asked the question, when you grow up, what would you like to be? How many of you remember the answer that was, that was given? He wanted to be a cabal. Where did he pick that up from? What does he understand a cabal as meaning? Did it come from your parents? Was it in the circumstances that surrounded him or the things they'd been hearing in the news media and so on and so forth? Where were the parents when the words were being spoken about cabal? And I just want to drop something to every one of you who is here today. God will hold you responsible. You saw Amaka? Always giving the wrong counsel to the child. When the boy, when she was cutting the boy, it wasn't enough to get one type of phone. She had to get a BB. When it was time for little Emeka to come and ask for money for 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 recharge card, oh mom, And when the boy began to do what his mates were doing, he ended up being a yahoo yahoo. It's not funny. Because it's a dimension of a kind doing what? Bringing after his own kind. And I'm challenging you. The Spirit of God is challenging everyone of us who is here today. What are you producing? What are you producing? What are you bringing forth? When it was time to bring offerings, husband and wife walked 27 to 27 4. No time to sit at home to look after the flock that God put them in charge. And of course, when the enemy will strike, he got one of the daughters. Many things you are going to hear this morning that I pray the Lord will cause you to re-examine your lives, particularly those of you who are parents. How many parents are here today? Stand up if you are a parent. It's been given by the Spirit of the Lord to correct every one of us, myself inclusive. And many things that you will hear should shock you into reality that nothing is taken for granted. And those of you who are children, I want you to also listen because you will ultimately be responsible for your actions and whatever choices you make, you are the ones that will live with it. Now what happened to Emeka's daughter, 
Who paid the price? Is it Amaka or is it the daughter that paid the price? The Talk to me. How many of you were here through this series? I missed only one the last Sunday. Who paid the price? The daughter paid the price and the son also paid the price. At the end of the day, children, the errors of your parents, you are the one that pays the price. And the quicker you understood the responsibility that God is going to be showing to you today, you will straighten yourselves to be able to reject counsels that are not according to God. Sit down, God bless you. You will pay the price concerning actions that you take that God did not ordain. Our main meal today will be serving from Genesis 25 through to 27. I'm just going to pick different verses to bring to us Issues that we need to look at in correcting our errors. Issues that every parent, whether it's one you have, whether it's two you have, that you need to look at again so that you can correct your errors and not populate the earth with the things which are contrary to the word of God. The story of Rebekah and Esau and, and Jacob, sorry, and Isaac. The story of Isaac and uh, Rebecca, and the story of Esau and Jacob, a classic case study on favoritism, sibling rivalry, conditional acceptance, and abysmal parental failure. Four things. Favoritism, sibling rivalry, conditional acceptance, and abysmal Parental failure. Let's start from Genesis 25, 27. And give me, please, I'll be asking for several different translations to bring something out. Give me this scripture in the Amplified. The boys grew. Yes. Esau was a cunning and skilled hunter. A man of out of the outdoors. But Jacob was a plain and quiet man. Another translation said, of very sensitive emotions dwelling in the tents. Two children coming from the same womb, born on the same day, of two different what? Completely different natures. And the things that you will learn from two children coming from the same womb, born on the same day, of two different cars, of two different natures, with all this complexity imposed upon that, how much more difficult it could be for those that were born sequentially when there was time in between their births. We are going somewhere this morning. Verse 28 of that scripture, please. And Isaac loved and was partial to Esau. And Isaac loved... And was partial to Esau because he did what? He ate of Esau's game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. I'm looking for one word. How would you des describe this family of Jacob, of, 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 of Isaac and Rebekah? How would you describe this family? Thank you. On the most important thing that is needed to keep a home. 
on the most important thing that is needed to foster children correctly, this family was divided. What do you mean divided? Divided in love. Oh, you will explain it away. You also have preferences. I pray that you'll be delivered today if you are one such. One was a gregarious, art-loving one, strong, and so on and so forth. And the other was simply a home-loving type, quiet, not even able to speak the words of his mouth, of significantly sensitive emotions. And what the parents needed to do, they failed because they didn't understand what was it that God committed into their hand? The power to change things. But I want us to look at this scripture again. What was the basis of the love that Isaac had for Esau? What's the basis? Well, venison. I wanted to think a little one step before that, ahead of that, is venison. This is love based on what? Thank you. Love based on the benefit that I get from you. Many of you are sitting here looking at me. Particularly the older ones amongst you who think you have spent all your life raising a child or raising children and all you raised them up for was the benefits that they will bring to you. You put all kinds of pressure on them. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. I'm going somewhere. There are three types of love that we, that we will discern from the world as it relates to parenting. There is the love that is based on what you have done for me. Every month, you bring a bag, a bag of rice to your parents. Oh, and so on and so forth. And the child that, for reasons beyond him, the things just don't turn out right for him. Who can hardly afford to bring you one Congo of Gary? Olori Bruku. We spent all our resources on you. We put all our resources on you. And you cannot even lift a finger. How many of you are like that here? You can hiss. But I said, put the mirror before your very faces. And the face of your heart. And the face of your conduct. Three types of love that are indicated here. One, the love because you met my need. The love if you meet my need. The second one. And the third one, love in spite of requiring nothing of the object. Unfortunately, even our tradition puts us only in one and two. Love because you met my need or love because you are going to meet my need. Really, very rarely, I didn't say never, will you find parents 
who love in spite of. And that's really where I want to start this morning. Because the God that created us, that gave each one of us responsibility, made it very clear in Genesis 1.28. He said, I created you after my image. Replenish, sorry, multiply and replenish. There is a basis, everything that I am supposed to reflect, everything that you are supposed to reflect is based on the nature and the character of my creator, the eternal God. Are you with me? And if you are not, the Lord is giving opportunity to us again today to correct our errors. Too many of us are failing in our parenting responsibilities because we are in one or two. And we put, children, we put our children to fit our own desires in the manner that we eventually will push them to rebellion. So, what is the true love that God speaks of? I'm going, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to show you the script from the scriptures. God can't love me more than he already loves me. And he cannot love me less than he already loves me. God cannot love you more than he already loves you. Jesus said in the Gospel of St. John... As my father loves me, so loveth he you. The love of my father, the love of God to me, to any of you, is not performance based. I want you to hear me again. The love of God to me, to you, is not what? performance-based. First Corinthians chapter chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. I want it in the Amplified and I want us to pay attention to verses 7 and 8 in particular. Yes? First Corinthians 13 verse 7. Yes. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Love bears up the love that my father displays towards me bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best about me. Belief is not necessarily reality now. It is a hope that I will attain to what? He created me for. Is ready to believe the best about every person. It hopes are what? Faithless under any circumstances. It endures everything without what? Weakening. So even when I'm falling, his love towards me is not what? Is not weakening. The next verse puts it in something even more powerful. Love never fails. It never does what? Fades out and it never becomes what? Obsolete. Just think about it. And transpose this 
to your relationship to your children? Is your love towards your children unconditional? Because the love that my Father in heaven displays towards me, displays towards you, is unconditional. Just as I was, just as I am, it takes me. He said, love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. It doesn't stop. Even the day you stop, you stop bringing money to your, to, to your father, his love doesn't stop. The biggest challenge that we all face in this matter is that we are unable to distinguish between unconditional love and giving God pleasure. I'm going somewhere. Whereas the love of God is unconditional, hear me. Giving God pleasure is conditional. Are you with me? And you will be judged. Giving God pleasure is performance based. That God loves me doesn't mean that he tolerates my careless living. Being loved unconditionally doesn't mean I am pleasing God. Are you with me? It doesn't mean I am pleasing God. And it's important for every one of you present here today who is looking to be in the nature of the one that created us. Make that difference between unconditional love and giving pleasure. Your son, your daughter may not be giving you pleasure because he's not living according to the standards of the world. Hear me. Not your standards. Not your standards. Because every child, every woman that God created, God wired them to achieve specific purposes in their lives. Are you with me? We need to understand this so we don't get ourselves into the mess that this family got itself into. The challenge and the power of parental love is what we are speaking about. Esau was loved of Isaac because he met Isaac's taste. Isaac had a taste for venison. And each time this young man went and displayed his bravado and so on and brought venison, oh, Shorire. But in so doing, in so doing, what do you think he did to Jacob? His father's action. Because Jacob deserved as much love from his father as his father gave to Esau. And he never had it. Was it his fault that he was not created to be an outdoor person? No. We'll get to the issue of abilities and the things that God gives to each one of us. 
so that you will not make the mistake that many have made and they are reaping the results now. Praise the Lord. That God loves me doesn't mean he is pleased with me. The challenge of many of us is that we cannot separate between these two notions and that partly because of our societal upbringing. But we are not talking to ourselves about societal upbringing here. We are talking about the word of God. What God spoke concerning me. What God spoke concerning you. What God said concerning every one of us. So while his love is unconditional, giving him pleasure is conditional. I have responsibility for how pleased he is with me. I, Afolabi, I have responsibility for how God is what? How he's pleased with me. And you also have responsibility. Amen? So that, don't, I hope you understand the two notions that I've tried to put before you. Do you? I want to be clear. Do you understand the two notions that I put before you? The notion of God's unconditional love, which is not performance-based, and the notion of giving him pleasure, which is what? It is performance-based. And if you understand that, transpose it to the manner in which you relate yourself to your children, and the manner in which you look at them, the manner in which you hold them, you deal with them, you behave towards them, you will see where you are in error. And the whole idea today is that the consequences that befell that family of Isaac and Rebekah, the results of which we are still reaping today, you don't get your own family into that situation. Praise the Lord. I said, I have responsibility for how God is pleased with me. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Chapter 5, excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I am deliberate in the manner of delivery this morning so that every one of you will get out of this place being sure where you are standing and being ready to correct our errors. Now, can you see that? I want everybody to read it the way it is here. So, we do what? We make it a goal. We make it our goal to please him. Who has responsibility here? You, 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 you. I have responsibility. Paul was emphatic here. It is my goal. It is my goal. It is my goal to give my God pleasure. And in giving God pleasure, brother, I will give pleasure to the parents that surround me. It can't be the other way around. And I need every one of you sitting here to hear this right. All this bunkum. Oh, what do you want to be? I want to be an engineer. Why do you want to be an engineer? Because my father is an engineer. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. This scripture makes clear. We make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or whether we are not. Performance, pleasing God, is performance-based. It depends on how well I performed 
on the goals that God has set for my life. John 15, 16. I want it in three different translations. John 15, 16. said, you didn't choose me. And I explained that to you when I was talking to you about the dynamics of favor. When somebody says you didn't choose you, you are not your own boss. That's what he's saying. I am not my own boss. The person who chose me is the boss. It goes beyond saying, I didn't, you didn't choose me. He said, I chose you and ordained you that you should do what? Bring forth fruit. The thing that I have been chosen for, what you have been chosen for, is God's plan for your life. And here it says, bring forth fruit. The biggest area of error that all of us are falling prey, maybe not all of us, I certainly fell on this one. Because too many times we think that we are the ones that set the goals for our lives, for our, for our children's lives. You are not. Amen? My responsibility is to lead that child to the point where he's able to determine from God, he by himself or herself, Lord, what is your goal for my life? Are you with me? How many of us have consciously understood that as a primary responsibility in the upbringing of our children? How many? Growing up, my father, in his, he was an auto mechanic, an excellent one of, that was of very widely known because of his skills. So when you are growing up, what do you want to be? I want to be an engineer. I want to be an engineer. But I give glory to the God of heaven, who eventually showed to me that being an engineer is not an end. It's a means to truly fulfilling the purpose that my heavenly father called my life to. Are you with me? I'm making another distinction here. Before you say, oh, the pastor says you should not go to school. I never said that. <laughs> I read engineering. Amongst the best in my class. And in performance, among the best. But the calling of my life is here in the declaration of the counsel of God to as many as are willing to listen. And every resource, every resource that heaven put my way because of my training has been applied essentially not only to the preaching of the word of God, but raising up people who will do exactly the same. That is the goal that God set for me. And that's what is going to judge me over. Please, if you don't understand, stop me. It's too crucial. We are too close. We are at the edge of entering into the finality of things where we will all stand before him. So that you don't get there and your works are burnt. Because you never really knew what you were called to. Please, 
do, are you following? Do you understand? Do you understand? You have not chosen me. I chose you. I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. Give me in the Amplified and give me in the message, please. You have not chosen me. I chose you. I planted you. Wow. I caused you to be established. I planted you. That you might go and bear fruit. And keep on bearing fruit. And that your fruit may be lasting. That it may remain. And that it may abide. I urge you in the name of Jesus. Too many of us are walking around not really knowing what the will of God and what the purpose of God is in our lives. Too many of us. Those of us that found it, we found it by chance. But that finishes with this generation. It has to change. Praise the Lord. When I said when I took time off last year, I needed to go and correct a lot of errors that I had put in the lives of my children. And do you know what? I said it here before. Joel was by far the most brilliant of all my kids. The most brilliant of them. He was already, I mean, when did all this kappa kappa or whatever it is they call it in universities, he, he graduated at the top of his class. He was already going into biogenetics, biogenetics engineering. Just a chance to go and do what you call uh, 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 but he, he, was, he went to do this after graduation, you do, you do, do a little bit of work. Internship. Internship or whatever it is. It was when he began his work. This was a kid that was already set to be in NASA. And the NASA today has been closed. <laughs> set to be in NASA. It was there in the place where he began to do his work that he said God spoke to him. This is not the place for you. Uh -uh. What's wrong with you? Me, your father, I'm also a preacher. And I'm walking and I'm preaching. What do you mean God said, get out of here? You can still preach and love God and do your work. Of his own volition, he stood his ground and said, no, I know that God spoke to me. Do you know what? Amongst all the children, even in his low estate, he is the happiest and the most content and most blessed amongst all the children, independent of the fact that he chose to opt out of a path that I thought would give him the greatest benefit. We are speaking the truth to ourselves. 